Deep in History is independent and proudly listener-supported. I will be thanking all my new Patreon and Spotify supporters at the beginning of my next epic, coming out next week. Consider this a foreword. This short is done in solidarity with the striking workers of the Writers Guild of America and SAG-AFTRA. These unions are striking to address a litany of unjust practices and policies that have made living a life of basic decency impossible for the vast majority of their members. I will post links on social media to interviews and articles so you can learn why they had to act and why it is imperative for us to support them. For what they are striking for, in essence, is the security that everyone needs, the security that comes through having our basic material needs met. The only circumstance in which our imaginations are free to truly thrive and we can actually manifest our dreams and visions through our passions, our art, a world worth striving for, a world that is just within our grasp, and in the context of labor actions taking place across the world, we can achieve it for everyone, everywhere. Solidarity breaks all chains, physical and mental, and will allow humanity's imagination to soar to levels never before imagined. Or we can just stand by and allow art itself to be consumed by greed. Consider that as we go forward. And with that said, this forward comes to an end. This is Deep Into History, and I'm your host, Arjun Hundle. On April 25th of this year, humanity lost a cultural and moral colossus. Harry Belafonte passed on to what comes next at the age of 96. I can hardly do justice to his incredible and truly remarkable life in just a few sentences, but I'll be writing and performing a script on him in the future. For now, just know Harry Belafonte used his voice, his fame, and put his money behind his beliefs. As a tireless advocate for social justice, and as one of the primary funders of the civil rights movement, he never gave up fighting because he knew all the progress made in the 1960s to address the injustices of Jim Crow laws in the South, culminating in the 1965 Civil Rights Act, was merely the tip of the proverbial iceberg. After his passing, there was some mainstream sentiment that Harry grew old feeling bitter, that societal progress seemed to have stopped after the 1960s with the assassinations of MLK and Fred Hampton. This is not true. While he was justifiably critical of the failure of American society to move beyond racism, he was yet full of hope. For Harry Belafonte had lived to experience the worst and best that the massive influence that Hollywood had over culture, and how that influence could change the world. I bring you his words at his acceptance speech of an Oscar for Lifetime Achievement, because he truly gives voice to what is actually at stake in these strikes the lows and highs of art itself. Ready? Then let's go. I would like to start off by saying thank you to Susan Sarandon, not just for the anointing and the words she has just spoken, but because she has been so much in the lives of those who need the human heart and the human spirit to be in the midst of their struggle to better themselves. And I'd like to thank Chris Rock for bringing humor to this moment. And I'd like to also thank all of you who are here this evening, my very good friends and very close friends who have turned out to be in support, and the rest of you whom I don't know intimately, but I've felt your presence in my life because I've seen your art, I've seen your work, seen your poetry, and I've been inspired by much. So thank you for all of this. 
and I will now get on with my remarks for this evening. America's come a long way since Hollywood in 1915 gave the world the film Birth of a Nation. By all measure, this cinematic work was considered the greatest film ever made. The power of moving pictures to impact on human behavior was never more powerfully evidenced than when, after the release of this film, American citizens went on a murderous rampage. Races were set one against the other. Fire and violence erupted. Baseball bats and billy clubs bashed heads. Blood flowed in the streets of our cities, and lives were lost. The film also gained the distinction of being the first film ever screened at the White House. The then-presiding President Woodrow Wilson openly praised the film, and with the power of this presidential anointing, validated the film's brutality and its grossly distorted view of history. This, too, further inflamed the nation's racial divide. 1935, at the age of eight, sitting in a Harlem theater, I watched in awe and wonder at the incredible feats of the white superhero, Tarzan of the Apes. Tarzan was a sight to see. This porcelain Adonis, this white liberator, who could speak no language, swinging from tree to tree, saving Africa from the tragedy of destruction by a black indigenous population of inept, ignorant, void of any skills, governed by ancient superstitions, with no heart for Christian charity. Through this film, the virus of racial inferiority, of never wanting to be identified with anything African, swept into the psyche of its youthful observers. And for the years that followed, Hollywood brought abundant opportunity for black children in their Harlem theaters to cheer Tarzan and boo Africans. Native Americans, our Indian brothers and sisters fared no better. And at the moment, Arabs ain't looking so good. But these encounters set other things in motion. It was an early stimulus to the beginning of my rebellion, rebellion against injustice and human distortion and hate. How fortunate for me that the performing arts became the catalyst that fueled my desire for social change. In its pursuit, I came upon fellow artists like the great actor and my hero, singer-humanist Paul Robeson, painter Charles White, dancer Catherine Dunham, the historian's superior academic mind, Mr. W.E. Dubois, social strategist and educator Eleanor Roosevelt, writers Langston Hughes and Maya Angelou and James Baldwin. They all inspired me. They excited me, deeply influenced me, and they were also my moral compass. It was Robeson who said, as you heard in that film earlier, Artists are the gatekeepers of truth. They're civilization's radical voice. This Robeson environment sounded like a desired place to be, and given the opportunity to dwell there has never disappointed me. For my life of activism and commitment to social change, the opposition has been fiercely punitive. Some who've controlled institutions of culture and commentary have at times used their power to not only distort truth, but to punish the truth seekers. With interventions like McCarthyism and the Blacklist, Hollywood too has sadly played its part in these tragic scenarios. And on occasion, I have been one of its targets. However, from the cultural environment that gave us all these, all this social drama and all those movies, Birth of a Nation, Tarzan of the Apes, Song of the South, to name but a few, today's cultural harvest yields sweeter fruit, defiant ones, Schindler's List, Brokeback Mountain, Twelve Years a Slave, and many more. 
and all of this happening at the dawning of technological creations that would give artists boundless regions of possibility to give us deeper insights into human existence. How fortunate for me that I've lived long enough for the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences to have chosen to bestow this honor upon me. Tonight is no casual encounter for me. Along with the trophy of honor, there is another layer that gives this journey this kind of wonderful Hollywood ending. To be rewarded by my peers for my work for human rights and civil rights and for peace. Well, let me put it this way. It powerfully mutes the enemy's thunder. Approaching 88 years of age, how truly poetic that as I joyfully glow with my fellow honorees, we should have in our midst as one of our celebrators, a man who did so much in his own life to redirect the ship of racial hatred and American culture. His efforts made the journey a bit easier. Ladies and gentlemen, I refer to my friend, my elderly friend, Sidney Poitier. I thank the Academy and its Board of Governors for this honor for this recognition. I really wish I could be around for the rest of this century to see what Hollywood does with the rest of the century. Maybe, just maybe, it could be civilization's game changer. After all, Paul Robeson said, artists are the radical voice of civilization. Each and every one of you in this room with your gifts and your power and your skills could perhaps change the way in which our global humanity mistrusts itself. Perhaps we, as artists and as visionaries for what's better in the human heart and the human soul, could influence citizens everywhere in the world to see the better side of who and what we are as a species. I thank each and every one of you for this honor. And to my fellow honorees, I could have no better company than to have shared this evening with each of you. Thank you very much. So ends the legendary Harry Belafonte's powerful speech delivered on November 8th 2014. When I think upon his words, after reading them and listening to them, I came to understand that in order for artists to actually be the radical voice of civilization, it requires them to be comfortable enough materially to do so. And the striking workers are merely asking for a life of decency in order to be our civilization's radical voice and our gatekeepers of truth. Solidarity breaks chains and is the only path to true freedom. And in that spirit, I wish you the happiest of Labor Days. Thank you for listening to Deep Into History. Please tell everyone you know about the show. You can follow me at Deep Into History on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Blue Sky. And as always, my dear friend, take care of yourself. I truly look forward to the next time we go deep.